Hello, and welcome to the Uplifting Content Podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Uplifting Content, Ioni Butler. And in each episode, I'll be speaking to a special guest about a topic that matters. Enjoy the show. My guest today is somebody that I've known for years, actually, um, from all the way back in England. And so it's really nice for us to be connecting today. It is the beautiful Alexandra Legui. Alexandra, how are you, my love? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? It's morning for you, isn't it? It is. It's early on a Saturday morning, but I had an early night, so it's all good. (laughs) Good girl. Well, it's Friday night here for me, and it's party season, so it won't be. Tomorrow morning, I will not look as fresh as you do, that's for sure. We'll get on with this, and you can go out and have a good time. Um, So I like to start these interviews by asking my guests to just share a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Por favor. Okay, so I'm first and foremost a television, a sports TV presenter. Um, I present um, predominantly motorsport, actually. I sort of fell into that. And um, I present the World Touring Car Cup um, for Eurosport and Fox Sports and whoever else takes it, but predominantly for Eurosport. I present um, a few of the rounds of the World Rally Championship. Um, I presented the Dakar rally and then they're my sort of key things and then whatever gets thrown at me. Um, and then I also have in the last two years started doing quite a lot of yoga presenting. Mm. So I released a DVD last Christmas and I have a second DVD coming out this Christmas. And then the rest is whatever comes in as and when. Yes. I know. It's like, uh, just, uh, an artist. It's a creative thing, isn't it's, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of, yeah so it can be all over the place. And um, yeah. touching on the yoga DVD, Alex has kindly offered to give away um, a DVD, a yoga DVD download of your previous one, I believe that was, or will that be the new? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know, actually. It would be quite nice to give away the new one, but yeah, um, yeah I'll find out. If people, yeah, exactly. If people <laughs> wait till after Christmas, then they can have the new one. And if they want it before, then they'll have the last year's one. <laughs> Well, yeah, we normally run the giveaways for a month, so we'll close this on January 1st. So, yeah, yeah the likelihood is it will be the new one. So, that's fantastic. Okay, great. Awesome. So, um, thank you so much for reaching out to me. You'd reached out about um, something that happened to you in May. Um, and yeah. I'd just love for you to, well, the reason that um, I think that it's important and why you wanted to share it is because traumatic things happen to people um, and there's not always the support or the information that's there to help people through that overcoming that trauma. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really glad that you are speaking out about it. I found that speaking about stuff that I struggle with, like depression, um, gives people permission to open up themselves and get help. And just, it, it, it just gives them permission to share. So thank you for sharing. Um, but yeah, would you like to tell us what happened? Yes. It's really nice. That's a, sort of a good opening as well, because, um, the reason why I'm sharing is because I have, I've always had um, a a sort of a very strong opinion of myself as being very solid, very brave, or really nothing affects me. I've never even been someone who's got nervous about really anything. And um, this year, my life completely flipped. And so it's really tested me in a big way. And I I think I have realized now that the importance of sort of supporting people so um yeah so that's why I reached out so what happened is um in May the end of May I went to uh the Formula One at Monaco Grand Prix 
Um, I'd actually, for the last three months before that, I was suffering with um, a tropical disease of some some sort. Uh, We weren't sure whether it was dengue fever or hepatitis A or something, but I got that from Mexico in March. Mm. So I got to May and I was really, I've been really ill, really like um, just so exhausted. And something was telling my body I had to stop but I'd gone out to the Grand Prix and my boyfriend was working at the track and um, the morning of the actual Grand Prix day I was so tired so I said to my boyfriend you go off I will come down later I'm just going to have a couple of hours by the pool and just chill I've got to stop so I went down lay down uh, on the sunbed and I a good friend of mine who lives in Australia called me on WhatsApp FaceTime So I was holding the phone, looking at her, and and we were chatting about the fact, about what I was just saying, about the fact that I needed to stop. And Emma was saying, it's funny, because the universe does things that makes you stop. So clearly, you just needed to take some time out, um, and that's why you got this disease. And I was like, yeah, I guess it was. But, you know, I've got so much coming up. I've got this thing tomorrow, I've got this next week and blah, blah, blah. And Emma was going, but you're going to be really ill if you don't listen to your body. And I was like, I know, but I just can't. Anyway, no sooner do I have that conversation, um, blackout. And I dropped the phone um, and I woke up and, and it was pitch black and I can obviously had the, my earpiece was still in. So I was still on the phone to Emma and she was screaming and I couldn't, I couldn't work out what was going on. I was trapped underneath something and I couldn't push it off me at all. And I had this weird feeling that there was like a hose in the side that was spraying water all over my face. It was so, I was so disorientated and Emma was saying, what's happened? What's happened? What's happened? And I, and I, then I was like, I don't know. I can't get out. I can't get out from whatever's on top of me. Eventually, um, it was pulled off me and I sat up and, um, apologies for anyone out there who can't quite cope with gory details, but I put my hand to my head and my hand literally went through my head. It was the most bizarre mm. sensation. Um, and then there was just an awful lot of blood. Sorry. This is a story. I'm screaming, so it's okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, Emma was obviously still completely freaking out because she's watching everything. Mm. Um, and I looked down at the phone and I was, I was so, so out, out of it. Um, and I just remember because obviously all our phones nowadays are touchscreen, I couldn't put the phone down so I was trying so hard and I was like Emma I don't know what's happened I don't know what's going on but the phone was just covered and I was like you're gonna have to put the phone down and she was obviously like no 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 I don't you know I can't I think you're dying mm. um anyway eventually I was surrounded by a lot of people um someone was wrapping my head and someone was holding my hand and everyone was very French and I didn't really know what was going on um, And eventually this gentleman beside me very calmly said, what happened is that um, the wind, we watched the wind pick up a parasol, which flipped the sunbed next to you and the metal leg of the sunbed went into your head and the parasol landed on top. Um, 
and they were the first people to come over and it was them that lifted it off but it took two of them to actually lift the whole lot off because it was so heavy oh god um and yeah it was yeah ridiculous and you can now so I then had um I got taken to hospital um they they couldn't it was so surreal they couldn't put me into this little room obviously you know um to stitch me up but they couldn't stop the blood and I remember saying to the the nurse the surgeon like am I going to be okay? Because everyone was, seems to be genuinely a little bit too worried for my liking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she was like, honestly, right now, I'm afraid I, we can't, and we're really struggling to stop it. So I think we're going to have to put you into surgery for a few hours and just try and work it out whether we can stop the internal bleeding. And then that was it. I was like, oh, well, there we are. Mm. I, I then was messaging my boyfriend saying, I think, I think you need to tell my mum now. Oh God. Um, I genuinely was like, I, I'm not going to come out of surgery. I don't, I don't know why. I was so adamant that that was, that was it. Um, they took, wheeled me into another room. They got another surgeon and he came in. So there were three of them. And, and all I can describe it is that the two women like held my head together oh. like you would a suitcase. Oh. And he then did... A, a lot of internal stitches and then he was like we don't need to, this is going to be okay we'll be okay we can so stop there wasn't this. there wasn't any like damage to your brain or your skull or anything like that no, I don't know how and they said that so it was there were 10 internal stitches and 16 external stitches um and I mean how it didn't damage me I just don't know yeah yeah I mean you hear of I mean, I, I don't want to be, you know, jumping on all over the place. I realise that. But, you know, having learned now about um, more about traumatic brain injuries, it doesn't need to be half that impact to get, you know, a, a quite a major brain disorder. So I am so lucky. Yeah. But then I guess at the time when all this is happening, you've got no idea of any of this and it's all incredibly scary. So, um, so they managed to stitch you up. Thank God. Yeah. And then what, up. Yeah. Um, had, then I went for scans. Um, and then they monitored me. I had very severe c- concussion for, uh, a good three weeks. Um, which is, I'd never, I hadn't even crossed my mind that that's what I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I obviously had to wear the, a, a huge plaster. Um, and yeah, we flew home two days later. We went back to the hospital the next day to have it redressed. And then we flew home the next day and I, my confidence went out like a light. Mm. I, that like when we got home that night I was I just I was on a different planet as as I'm sure you can imagine um the next day was just I I just didn't know myself completely didn't know myself I was um probably an absolute nightmare for my boyfriend to deal with um I felt like I was putting on this brave face we we went out for for dinner and I had this enormous white thing on my head and I felt stupid and embarrassed and terrified and 
I felt like everything was going to attack me. Every car that came past me, I mm. imagine was going to drive into me. Every sign around me was going to fall on me. It was mm. so baffling. Um, and that didn't leave me. And that, that fear and self-loathing didn't go until May, June, July, August, I think mm. it was. But then suddenly it was like a black fog lifted. Um, and I did a lot of help. Mm. Sorry. I was going to say, what, what, what changed that? And so you're saying the help, what, what type of help did you get? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't get any help at all. I just didn't. I just, um, like, well, when we came back, um, I spent an awful lot of time Googling facial scars. I really needed to find someone who could understand what I was feeling. I felt so guilty for, for being upset by it because I knew that everyone, everybody was saying to me, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. At that point, I didn't feel lucky at all. I felt really unlucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was, well, I, all I was doing was sunbathing. That's not lucky. Mm-hmm. I understood. I, obviously I understood that it's, you know, you're lucky to be alive and you're lucky to have not had this, that, and the other mm-hmm. but initially. And then I, and because of that, I felt really guilty mm. because I had all this, you know, but I, it could be so much worse. Mm. I appreciate that. Um, and I've, I've always had a very good sense of perspective in, in those sorts of things, but I just couldn't help it. I felt really sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, and that, took me down lower as well um oddly enough um it wasn't that I like once the it was 11 days and then I had the the stitches taken out it it sort of went through a journey of looking really quite disgusting then and and that's when I took the plaster off it kept getting infected as well Mm -hmm. and oddly enough it wasn't about um looking in the mirror and thinking god I look awful because actually I don't really care about that stuff you know that that's, that's it wasn't it wasn't like an aesthetic thing mm-hmm. what I did struggle to deal with was was how other people reacted to me mm. looked at me how people would some people looked a little bit disgusted some people looked um bit scared you can see that people make assumptions almost immediately I must have been in a fight or I must Mm. be an xyz sort of person or Mm. oh god how awful the poor girl um and most people don't have the courage to say what's wrong with your head what happened Mm. most people just look at it yeah and then pretend it's not there and not really um yeah so you just get this weird awkward Mm -hmm staring thing that goes on a lot and so I ended up just going you you can ask me it's fine Mm. um and that was the bit that I struggled to deal with most because I didn't know what I don't know and I don't know why I struggled with that either but I guess it was just that's what was making my confidence I just felt embarrassed yeah 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 I can understand that so you said you started to look online for stuff yeah and um, what was online? There was nothing, like really nothing. There's, um, I found one blog that, um, that a lad wrote about his facial scar um, that he got, a um, small one on his cheek. Um, and that was the only personal journey that I managed to find, like a genuine 
I did this two months ago and this is how I feel each day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I wrote to him and said, oh my God, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how nice it is to, to hear your words because you're saying exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just so nice, but there, there wasn't a lot. There really wasn't. There's a, there's, there was a wonderful charity that I did get in touch with um, who I bizarrely enough had done some help. I'd gone to see them um, probably 18 months before my accident called the children's trust. Um, They'd asked me to present a charity due for them. So I I was like, Oh, maybe they will help me. Like they only look after children. At, At that point I thought they only helped children, but they're a charity that deals with brain injuries, you know, so why not contact them? Why not reach out to them? So I sent them an email and just said, I know this is stupid and I probably sound so selfish because compared to all the wonderful children that you're looking after, I've got nothing to complain about, but I just need some, I just need someone to say that what I'm thinking and feeling is okay Mm -hmm. and that it's fine to not be brave and, to not and to feel insecure and all those things. Um, they wrote back saying, come in immediately, come in, have a chat. You know, let's, you know, let's come and meet some of the children. You can speak to them and see how they're coping and, and that stuff. So I did, I went in and um, I spoke to um, a couple of the women there that um, look after the children and, and they just said that there's, you know, it's, it's, doesn't matter how old you are what you look like or what you do or any of those things everyone who goes through some sort of trauma will have all these thoughts yeah it doesn't have to be a facial scar it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be that anything any sort of injury but any major journey or life or death situation you go through those same sorts of fears um so it was just again it was just really nice to speak to people who truly understood what I was feeling yeah um and then I spent the day and I then hung out with all these incredible children who this one boy god just uh, really bought really helped me put things back into perspective um he was a six-year-old but no nine-year-old boy um who had been playing in the garden and the brick wall just sitting there playing and the brick wall fell on him and, and cut his head but yeah. almost identical um yeah. wound but that was it done he um he can't speak he can't oh my god he can't, yeah he's fully he's 24 7 in the children's trust and so is his dad um so his dad came in has, has given up everything to be in there with his son mm. um i spoke to the dad and and yeah, it uh, then it just that that really helped me. I, I, I don't even know if that sounds selfish in itself, you know. But it just then I it just gave me some perspective. I think yeah, um, and probably just some added perspective that I needed at the time. Because we can like we all have this. Uh, what's the word? Like the the intellectual understanding of perspective, mm-hmm. and then when you mm-hmm. actually really live the experience of it, it's different. So I had been very much on the mindset of you only live once, and life is short, and like live your life to the fullest, and all this stuff. And it was all a lovely idea until my twenty three year old friend died, and then I went back to work, and he was never there again. And then I really understood it. So I don't think it's 
I totally get what you're saying. Like you can think, you know, you can understand it, but when you're confronted with that real experience of what could have been, then you really understand it. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you, um, so you said you were, look, you found the trust and that was really helpful. And and so how has been your journey um, since? Cause I, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to put that on you and say that you're, you're healed now or you're over it. Cause I'm sure there's, it's still an ongoing process, but you seem to have come a long way. Oh, um, yeah. How has, how has that been and kind of where are you at now with everything? Yeah, I, so that, that was, that was August when I went to see them. Um, that really helped clear things. I mean, I think it did take a few weeks to deal with the concussion as well. Concussion is a weird thing that no one really knows how that affects you, but that, I mean, you know, that will give you physical reactions. You're very dizzy. You're very disorientated. Depression is a part of concussion as well. Um, lack of confidence. Um, they are all actual symptoms of concussion. Um, so once that lifted, that helped me. Um, my confidence is something that has taken the longest to come back. Um, I, I've embraced the scar completely. I actually quite like it. Um, I quite like the story that's, you know, that's there, the, you know, the fact that I have experienced something and, and I'm, and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually quite like the scar. Um, but yeah, mentally it's taking me definitely longer than I expected it to. I do feel much better. I feel much, much more confident again, but I do have a real awareness of my own fragility that I didn't have before. And I don't know if that will ever go away now. Um, I, last year I did a wing walk and and a loop the loop, you know, like every year I've done something to test, to push this adrenaline urge that I have you know um so I've always done quite a lot of extreme sports and um I don't know if I quite have the same desire to do that side of things Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. again because suddenly I'm like god if you if I can almost die lying down it made me realize that actually I could almost die Mm -hmm. again it was less about me dying and, and more about like all I could think was that I'm going to, I was how much it would affect my boyfriend and my family and all those things. It was just a horrible realization of, you know? Yeah. Um, So, and then, um, and then, yeah, just, just confidence is, is really the last thing that needs to come back. And it's, I've, I've still, I've got like this ability, you know, I'm a presenter. I've got the ability to communicate and all those things. That's, that's all there, but it's just that sort of deep, more deeper, just self-doubt comes in every now and then which probably the only person who would ever realize it was there is my boyfriend you know I don't think anyone else would experience it but he's the person obviously that sees me all the time and now I'll I'm just aware I can hear myself saying some things and I'm like how it's how it's how we um how we use that fear. So, um, I, uh, it's interesting. You said that about you used to be quite an adrenaline junkie. Um, a friend of mine used to be, um, a competitive speed skier in Hungary and like, uh, like competed in the Olympics and was just doing really well at it. And then he had a, an accident where he very nearly could have died. Uh, he was kind of going at like 80 kilometers an hour down a slope and he, he kind of took off and it could have all gone really badly. Luckily it didn't. But after that, he, 
was like he just could never ski again in the same way because he would get to a certain speed and just be like oh shit this is what could happen and i and i think it's okay like there's people that trace adre- adrenaline because they need it or for whatever reason they like it and that's how they like to live life and i'm like that's fine but i keep you know friends keep asking me like do you want to do a skydive and i'm like I don't think so. Like, no, I don't, I don't think I do. Like, I don't think I need to jump out of a plane. To, like, yeah. I'm sure maybe I will because maybe the curiosity will get the better of me and, like, it does sound incredible. But I'm like, I don't know that I need that adrenaline. But back to your point about, you know, no mm. one knows about this fear. I, I um, th- There's two things that this fear can do. With my friend, um, I'm always flipping between just, like, fear of just dying and just, just being gone and, like, at anything because he died in a car crash really suddenly, so I'm driving in L.A. all the time, and there's oftentimes, especially when I – a couple of years ago, I was very nervous about anything on the road, and also when I'm driving with friends, I get very nervous. There's ongoing fear of dying in a car, but then there's also that reminder of, like, you're here now live hard and then so I kind of flip between that like oh god I'm gonna die to like oh my god you're here make the most of it right now or you know just Mm. make sure that everyone knows that you love them and that you say what you need to say and that you're doing the things that you want to be doing and kind of having that and so yeah I think it's um yeah it, it, it sucks when you're just in that like bit of, but I, I don't think that's uncommon I think some people there's some people who are completely clueless to death, which is kind of nice in a way. But also I think when you don't realize how precious and finite life is, then you you could just be living just, you know, not really living fully at all. Um, But it's also nice to have that ignorance of just like, oh, I'm just going to live forever. That's kind of nice. But I do think a lot of people, um, especially those who have experienced loss or trauma or something, have that. And like you say, I'm sure that's a very normal Reaction. Do you know the, I, the irony though, like I've always been someone who um, I need, to, I, I've, I still need to know the reason why this happened to me. Mm-hmm. That's, that for some reason, that's been something that I really have held on to because I still, mm-hmm. whether it is to help other people or something like that, I'm not sure. I don't want to sound like a martyr, but you know, if, if any of these sorts of things can help, can help someone else who may have had a facial injury, but whatever, you know, if, if that's what it is, then, then great. But I was living, you know, like I feel like that people sometimes they say, don't they, that people go through life death experiences because they maybe needed a bit of a kick up the butt. They maybe needed to live in the moment. They needed to be more mindful. They needed to do this and that, 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 that. And and so I was like, like I have, you know, I've lost loads of people. I'm, Mm. I've gone through those things, Mm. and I and I I'm so. like I love mindfulness. I've, I've, uh, like all those things are really important to me. It, that all comes with part of the yoga. You know, like I felt like I was like, how, what am I meant to have learned? Because if anything, I've learned the opposite. You know, like I, I now I used to live in the moment and be like, and that's why I was jumping up planes and stuff. You know, because I was like, yeah, f yeah, get the bucket list done, jump out of planes, fly mm. on the, you know do all those crazy things, go for a shark dive, do all of those things because it could be my last day. And so I was doing everything tenfold. Um, And now I'm too, but didn't you say right before, Oh, you're too afraid to do things now. Is that right? Yeah. Now I I feel like I'm almost going to do the, uh, the, not quite the opposite, but I now I'm a little bit more like, oh, I don't know. So interestingly, <laughs> I, know. I mean, it could always be an infinite. And, and I don't always know that there is a reason. 
I, I don't know, but didn't you say that just right before you were speaking to your friend about needing to slow down and calm down? Yeah. And, and, and you could, like, I'm just completely making this up, but it's, we can always make stories up to, to serve us in whichever way we want, but it could be that perhaps you were going to go and do something crazy that could or may have killed you. And so this is your, it's, it's the universe saying, slow down on some stuff. So it's all yeah. in the way that exactly we, what Emma said. <laughs> we the story. Yeah. So you can use it for that, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, that is what she said. She, like she, she said, well, it was her that reminded me of this, of the fact that we had literally just said, mm. uh, talks about the universe. She mm. was like, I don't want to remind you Al, but do you remember the conversation that we were having just before it hit you? Yeah. I was like, oh, like she was like, we just, I just said to you, the universe will stop you from, from just working yourself to the bone. Yeah. You have yeah. to rest. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I, about literally three days before I'd been Googling shark dives. So <laughs> I, yeah, you just never know, do you? Um, but I would love to hear now, just as we're wrapping up, like how sort of what, what you've been doing and, and sort of the community that you're building and the conversations that you've been having around this and sort of how it's, how it's impacting people. Yeah, well, I, um, I got, so I hadn't planned on doing anything with mm. my scar at all. I was, I'd, I'd embraced it. I had a sort of a photo shoot deliberately like saying, it's cool. We're good to have facial scars. You know, it's not a problem at all. Um, and then actually a company, um, uh, a PR company contacted me and said, you know, we've seen what you've gone through. Um, we've, we've got this new product, which is, um, it's called LPG Endomology. And it's like um, this little bizarre chomping machine. <laughs> which, um, <laughs> it goes across the scar and it literally, you know, those fish that, yeah, a little sucky Thailand, yeah, like that, but a big one. Yeah, and it feels like that, and it chomps my scar. And the idea is that it's a non-invasive um, treatment that rejuvenates your natural collagen. Mm. So I've had six of those so far, and they've offered me twelve. Um, and honestly, I would never. It's really only due to circumstance and, and that I've been lucky enough to be offered this, that I've said yes. And it, feel, it would feel very wrong of me to say, no, thanks. You know, that's great that you've offered to help me, but no, not interested. They've offered it. And, I, and for them, it's very rare for someone to go to them with a medical problem. Most people go because they want to get rid of their wrinkles or, you know, they want to enhance their, these things. And um, Dr. Harla, um, she's like, actually for us it's really interesting to see how well these machines work on scars mm -hmm. so yeah so I've done six treatments um and that's completely even the scar out so where normally when you have um your your scar can it can either be a raised scar or it's an indented scar mm. and mine was indented which meant there was a quite a big shadow so mm. really no matter what forevermore I would have had you know a five inch quite dark shadow mm -hmm. again I actually don't care that's fine but you know they offered to try this and it's evened it out completely so mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know how well you can see or not the, thing, the lighting's yeah. terrible but um anyway it's it's really evened it out so mm -hmm. yeah so I think that's gonna help yeah amazing rid of it do they think that like with 12 it could is that where the treatment goes or yeah I think so I think that um because the scar is very white, 
she said that what I could have at the end, um, in theory, the scar is shrinking. That's in, it goes in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, she said at the end, if there is still a white line, she can inject something like a, that would just even out the skin. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't, yeah, you I know, I'd almost, I'm, I will almost miss it. If <laughs> you know, like it's crackers. There I was like dealing with it, thinking all these horrific things. And as a presenter, I was assuming that everyone was going to stop, uh-huh. uh, you know, stop employing me for things. Yeah. And, and although, yes, it has, you know, that has actually happened, you know, to, with a few different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care so much now, you know, and that's, it's, mm-hmm. that's not such a big problem. And I will, yeah, I miss it if it goes completely. <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, how has it been, uh, how has your speaking about it been? Um... Yeah, good. So, well, this is the only podcast that I've done. Um, and uh, and so that's good. It's, uh, I... Or do you do? No, no, I've done a lot on Instagram and I've had a lot of response on Instagram. I should have done a a blog. What I have done is video a lot. So in theory, I will piece that together um, and sort of create uh, one long video maybe. I'm not really sure. I would just say um, start putting them out, just stop putting them out with your thoughts about what's going on because like that is a good idea to put together a, a big video. But I think sometimes then it becomes a project that you don't always get around to doing. But I think that even yeah. if just a, a snippet of a video from when you came out of hospital with like now you can be reflecting back on how that was, that can mm. really help people. So mm. yeah, just don't, don't be worried. Yeah. There have been quite a few people that have contacted me. Um, on Instagram and Facebook and things. And, and it's funny because what I realized was that it doesn't have to be a facial scar for people to have the same insecurities. Like there, mm-hmm. I've had people who've contacted me who've had um, cesareans or, um, you know, surgery after cancer or mm-hmm. anything. In fact, um, a very, very dear friend of mine, um, he had a big accident and he had a, a huge scar on his leg, on his thigh still has um and I contacted him and said um this is bizarre but do you you know I felt hatred towards towards the scar for a little while you know and I was like do you have that too so he ended up he and I ended up having a huge you know conversation about this and he was saying completely you know you look but you will learn to you'll learn to feel like it's part of you you know and that is something that that happened Mm. yes I've had some really good conversations with people but I think you're right I think that if I was you know in the same way that I needed to find it when it happened to me I interviewed um, a guy Matthew Christian for um, the book that I'm working on recently um, and we shared a video of him coming out to his mum he filmed himself coming out to his mum and people had commented on it about how, you know, how convenient that his camera was there when he came out to his mom. This is all like fake or whatever. It was a completely authentic moment. But the reason that he had filmed it was because he's from Louisville in the Bible Belt of America. And as a gay man that goes to a Catholic school, he's told that, you know, being gay is a, is a sin. He had mm. no one to, 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 commu- to like learn, like talk to or... And so he would go online and it was the YouTube videos and hearing other people's stories that gave him the confidence to come out to his parents and just gave him some sense of like, I'm not alone in this. And so, yeah, I think that when we all start, we, we all need, like, there's so much kind of contrived BS 
like mm-hmm. online and just in social media and in the news and just like real authentic stories of people just sharing what they're going through, especially in hindsight when they can kind of give that it's yeah. okay. You're going to be okay to other people. It's yeah. just powerful. It's really powerful. Yeah. I have got one magazine article coming out. There's a magazine in the UK called real people. Hmm. Um, I think the BBC were, were potentially going to do something. They've got an online platform called BBC digital. So hopefully I can do something on there. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I probably should do. I think you're right. Keep it going. Keep it going. Well, thank yeah. you so very much for joining me today. This has been awesome. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. My I pleasure. love your podcast. Oh, bless you. Thank you. I like it's kind of eclectic and there's just always good, just, just always good wisdom. So thank you for being, being part of that now. Um, and as a reminder to everyone listening, Alex has offered to give away um, a copy of one of her yoga DVDs. It will be the new one. I think we've just decided yeah. it'll be the new yoga one. Yoga made simple. It's for beginners. Yoga mates to beginners. Yeah. Perfect. And we'll be closing that giveaway on January the 1st. So it'll be a nice little um, New Year's resolution for some of you. Um, for everyone else, thank you so much for being um, part of the uplifting content world. Um, if you're on Facebook, please remember to hit following and see first. We've also launched the new uplifting content supporter program where I do private Facebook lives exclusively for you guys and you get loads of other perks. So please check that out. And if you're listening to the podcast, subscribe and leave a review if you like us. Okay, I think that's all my rambling tirade for today. (laughs) Have a lovely time at your party, Alex. uh, Thanks. Have a good day. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. listening to this episode of the Uplifting Content Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and find it uplifting and inspiring, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you take a picture of your review and email it to us at info at upliftingcontent.com, we will send you a little gift to say thank you. Also, to make sure you never miss a beat, subscribe to my email update. I promise I won't spam you and I send less than one email a month on average. You can find the sign-up link in the show notes. See you next Tuesday for another episode. Bye.